0: We think women need to talk more openly about money because money really matters. It shouldn't be embarrassing or confusing. Join the conversation. We'll be discussing a whole range of topics which will help you get comfortable with your finances. Money Matters, brought to you by AJ Bell.
1: Hi, and welcome to another Money Matters podcast. I'm Laura Souter. And I'm Danny Hewson, and
0: this episode is dedicated to the side hustle.
1: And that is, of course, something that are a lot of people are turning to in order to boost their income. So taking on extra work on the side to give them a bit of extra money each month. Now, it does feel like side hustle is a relatively new
0: phrase. I was having a think about this. It's certainly been used a lot in the last few years. And I think even more so because we've had, obviously, the cost of living crisis and we had lockdowns when people weren't able to work. But... I had a bit of a
1: google and actually it's a phrase that was first used in
0: 1950.
1: Well that surprises me I felt like it was something that kind of social media has definitely made a bigger thing and a bigger phrase and there's so much help and advice on social media out there about it and people launching tips and tricks and blog posts all about having a side hustle and how you can make it work for you. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely
0: more used today. Following the last recession, suddenly it was absolutely everywhere as people felt that they needed to make a bit of extra cash and there was ways to make that bit of extra cash and as you say I mean social media has played a huge part in that and I've been chatting to one of those bloggers Francesca Henry also known as The Money Fox now she managed to clear a huge amount of debt thanks to taking on a whole load of different gigs a few years ago and she now helps other people do the same now I have made money selling off quite a lot of my old stuff. And during COVID, I spent hours and hours putting together old Lego kits that the kids didn't want anymore. And I'd kept the boxes. So I was able to sell these kits at quite a decent sum, not as much as I paid for them, obviously, but quite a decent amount of money because people wanted games at the time because they were stuck in lockdown. And vintage is my new favourite thing. And I'm now going through my entire wardrobe and anything that doesn't fit that is going on there. And I think that that is sort of part and parcel. That's my sort of side hustle. What about you?
1: I too am a massive vintage fan and so um, as you know I've got a young daughter and they grow out of clothes and particularly shoes so quickly and they look like they've barely been used some of the stuff so I am a big fan of selling a lot of her stuff on there and sometimes I cash out the money but other times I just use it to then buy a lot of secondhand items on there either for myself or my daughter and so then it means that kind of clothes buying is cost neutral. I'm making money from selling stuff and then also buying stuff second hand. So that has been really good. I love the idea of making Lego kits and then there being money at the end of that. That's like my favorite hobby. And then you get paid at the end of it. That sounds like a win. It,
0: yes. It, it passed a lot of time during lockdown and it cleared out the kids bedroom. Because let me say, once you get into Lego and if these kits are built up, then the dust that gathers In this Lego is a nightmare. So you've got that to look forward to.
1: And Lego is super expensive, but it really holds its value. It's a really good example of something where you can sell it on second hand for a really decent amount. And the same goes for lots of kids' toys or shoes or clothes or all of those things. Yeah,
0: and I think that making a bit of extra cash is something that we can all get behind. And frankly, at the moment, it's something that we all need. But... If you are making a bit of extra money on the side, there are some really important things that unfortunately, we can't avoid. And one of those is paying tax on extra income. And I would just say that if you're selling stuff off secondhand, usually, you are not making as much profit. You're not making any profit on it. You're not making as much as you actually bought it for. And therefore, that doesn't count. But a lot of these things do count, Laura.
1: Yeah, exactly. But fortunately, there's some good tax breaks to help people out. And so the first one that I think is applicable to most people um, who've got a kind of side hustle is something called the trading allowance. Now, the tax plan does not work well to give these very attractive and memorable names. But this means that you can earn a £1,000 a year from any kind of side hustle, whether that's babysitting, whether that's selling stuff on Etsy, for example, doing any work on the side, you can earn a thousand pounds a year from doing that before you have to pay tax on it. Um, And so if the amount that you're making from any side hustle is underneath that amount, below that amount, then you don't have to fill out a tax return, you don't have to tell the taxpayer about it, and you don't have to pay tax on it. So that's a great tax break out there for a lot of people. There's another really good one that applies to quite a lot of people at the moment, and that is rent a room relief. So we know that lots of people in order to battle rising mortgage costs um, are renting out a room in their home and there's a really good tax break for that where you can earn seven and a half thousand pounds a year tax three free through renting out a room in your home. Now this has to be a room in the home that you occupy, it can't be renting out a completely separate flat. Um, and there's a few other rules that you have to adhere to. So definitely take a look on the government website. But that's a great tax break. it be able to earn £7,500 a year completely tax-free is a really great option for those who've got that spare bedroom and don't mind taking in a lodger. And it can even just be short-term. It doesn't have to be for the whole year. You could rent it out for a few months of the year and, um, and build up that amount of money. What about if you take a second job, though? So it goes a bit beyond
0: a side hustle.
1: Yeah, exactly. And there are more tax implications of that. So if you take on a full second job where you're employed and you're paid through PAYE like usual, um, then you fill out your new starter paperwork like you do when you start any new job. But you'll just need to put on there that you've got two jobs Um, and you won't need to fill out a self-assessment tax return. You'll just be taxed as though you've got two jobs. But... One thing that I would say is it's definitely worth checking with your current employer whether there's any restrictions in your contract or on you having a second job. Um, And you'll also need to think about the fact that you might hit certain other income tax thresholds by having two incomes, particularly if it's two jobs that pay a decent amount of money.
0: Yeah, because I was going to say that could catch some people out. We've heard a lot about the fact that tax thresholds have been frozen and some people just by having pay rises have gone up to the next tax band. And if you've got this extra income, then that might also push you into the next tax bracket.
1: Yeah, exactly. So you can, everyone can earn £12,570 a year before they have to pay tax. So um, you can earn that amount of money. And so that means that actually if, you, if your side hustle is alongside being a full-time parent, for example, or another non-paying job, another caring role, for example, then you um, can kind of disregard that £1,000. And what I talked about earlier. You'd be able to earn up to that £12,500 before you pay tax on it. And that's the case for anyone. Um, but mostly that gets taken up by people's normal paid salary job. Um, and then you can earn um, just over £50,000 a year before you hit the higher rate threshold. And that's where you start paying tax at 40%. Um, and then if your side hustle and your main job is earning you lots of money, um, you can earn um, just over £124,000 a year before you hit the additional rate threshold. So that's where you pay tax, income tax at 45%. But it's not just those thresholds that you need to think about. It's also the thresholds for if you're claiming certain things, particularly for parents if you're claiming childcare support. So, for example, child benefit, um, you start to lose that once you earn over £50,000 a year. Um, Free childcare hours and tax-free childcare, you lose when you earn £100,000 a year. So that's not to say it's not worth earning over those amounts, but it's just definitely worth bearing in mind Um, the impact that a higher salary or a second job might have on some of those other things that you claim.
0: And just a tip for people that have a job and have a side hustle alongside, obviously, you've got to fill in a self-assessment form. But if you do it in good time, you can then get that tax not taken out in a lump sum, you don't suddenly have to pay the taxman, you can get it taken out source from your paye which is really quite useful so it comes out every month as opposed to having to pay a big chunk but it's also worth pointing out while we're talking about extra cash because I know most of us are going to be um, doing it just to live or to pay off debt. There's also going to be some people who are taking on a side hustle because they want to save up for something. But they do need to think about, first of all, where they're saving their cash to get the best rate. But also potentially they might find that higher interest rates that are around at the moment means potentially they have to pay tax on their savings for the first time.
1: I know. this is. We've got such a good news story, but the sting in the tail is that lots of people are going to end up paying tax on their savings. So as we know, interest rates have risen, and that means that the return that you can get on your savings, whether that's an easy access account or whether you're fixing your money away for longer, um, that return has got much better. But it means that more people are going to start to hit that tax-free limit that you get for savings. So For a basic rate taxpayer who pays tax at 20%, um, you get £1,000 a year that you can earn um, as interest on your savings before you pay tax. For a higher rate taxpayer, you get a £500 limit, um, but additional rate taxpayers get no limit. And so what's happened as people have got a higher return on their savings, they're earning more interest on that savings and they're starting to hit those limits. Really, the the most obvious and easiest solution to this is putting your money in an ISA. If you put your money in a cash ISA, then it doesn't any interest that you earn on it is protected from tax and it doesn't count towards that limit. The nuance of it is a little bit trickier. Sometimes cash ISAs offer lower interest rates than standard savings accounts. So for some people, particularly those who pay tax at 20%, it might be more beneficial if there's a higher interest rate on a non-ISA account go with the non isa account, pay the tax on it, um, but you're still making a higher return. So it's there's a bit of a juggling and a bit of weighing up, but it's definitely something to be aware of because people are going to get caught out by this. And the first time you usually find out about it is when HMRC sends you a letter to say, you owe us tax and here's how we're claiming it back.
0: That is a nasty sting in the tail of what is otherwise a good news story. Um, now... I think what most people really want to know is how they can make extra cash. And Francesca Henry managed to pay off a £10,000 debt back in 2017, thanks to taking on a whole host of side hustles. After that success, she launched her own website, The Money Fox, where she blogs about her experiences and give tips on how she makes extra cash. And I spoke to her earlier. People will know you as the money fox, but you didn't start there. Talk to me about your experience, because you really started thinking about money when you had a young child.
2: Yes. So I think for me, when I was growing up, money was just... When money was fine, I had no bad money experiences. I knew you shouldn't get into debt and stuff like that. It never appealed to me. But then when I had my young daughter, like you say... I realised that it was hard to be on maternity leave and have the cut and pay, and it's really it's really weird for me to look back because I'm such a planner and organizer, but I hadn't planned that. I don't know. I think I just thought everything would be fine, it'd be all magical and lovely, and it wasn't. And I had no support, unfortunately. So I ended up struggling a lot. So I I really did have no money. When I say no money, I mean zero. I mean not even like. Five pence spare, it was that kind of way, and so it was a very stressful time for me. I ended up getting into debt, wasn't all my fault without going into it, but I realized that things had to change, it was such a stressful situation, and so I actually turned to side hustles. But at the time, because this was years ago, my daughter's 12 now. at the time no one was really talking about it it really has exploded like Instagram and everything now there's so many sites and accounts and stuff there was nothing then it was all American I could not relate to it it was all wealthy Americans who would suggest selling your stuff and I was like I do not have any stuff I really didn't have anything to sell I didn't know (laughs) so I tried out my first side hustle just took the plunge and it worked. I remember so clearly thinking, oh my gosh, this works. This is great. And it just gave me the courage to try and do more. And then I ended up using all that money to pay off my debt. I left my ex-husband and then just everything kind of snowballed from there. So in a much better place now. So what was your first side hustle? It was mystery shopping. Okay. Yeah, so I think, I think that one appealed to me because when I say I had no money, I, and again, no money, and I really cut back on my food, so I was really not eating well or at all at the time. I think just the appeal of the free food really did it for me, especially since they're really well-known brands without revealing names and stuff, I would never have been buying from there. So to know I can have this little treat or I can have this lunch meal or whatever, that just really appealed to me. So yeah, I tried that out. And like I said, I remember coming out of the place, a very well-known bakery, I'll say that. And I had all this food and drink and I was like,
0: oh my gosh, I got all this I got for free. It was it was amazing, so, yeah. I still love mystery shopping now. So do you still do the mystery shopping? Because obviously you talk to people now about side hustles and about ways to make money. Do you still do that? I do it occasionally. So at the time I was trying to
2: do it all the time. Um, because obviously that was my first one and didn't know what to do, but I do I dip into that one occasionally. There are still other side hustles I do more frequently, but yeah, I would. I think I always think I, mean, I need to do more mystery shopping. It's so good because you can get so much free stuff.
0: So if people wanted to do that, how how do you get into mystery shopping? Can you just Google want to be a mystery shopper?
2: Yeah, I think mystery shopping you have to be careful with because you want to make sure it's a legit site. I list all the legit sites on my Instagram and my blog and everything like that and just ask people what they're using as well there's loads of good ones can I say which ones are good yeah okay um so the one I started with was Marketforce that I think is really good because it's there's a lot of well-known brands because you might think oh well there's no shops in my area where I can do it trust me there will be shops in your area where you can do it. Even me, I didn't really have that many shops around and I still managed to find quite a lot of shops. So yeah, I can provide a list for anyone listening. Um, but yeah, just going for it, I think, is the best thing. You've just got to take that leap, find a good one and just go for it.
0: So what does it entail? Because I've never been a mystery shopper. Um, it, it sounds sort of magical, but what no. does it entail? I think for me, I don't know
2: about you, but I always thought it was like very cloak and dagger. You're kind of like a little detective with your hat and your coat, you know, and you were kind of undercover. But what they want you to do is act like a normal customer because they don't want the people that are working there to know that you're a mystery shopper. They can't know because they might change the way that they behave with you. So, for example, if you were going to a well-known bakery, again, let's just say, they might say, okay, well, we want you to buy some particular items and that might be it, but you're you're listening for certain things. So they might say, we really, we have a great deal on it at the moment and we want the staff to push the deal. You know, do you want to upgrade for a pound to get this extra thing? That kind of thing. And just general customer service. I think in general, I think I've only had one bad mystery shop generally everyone is very good at their job and they're very nice and they see all the right stuff so yeah I think it's just it's quite simple but when you first start it's very nerve-wracking because there's a lot to remember and obviously you you can't act like you're a mystery shoppers you can't be taking notes on your phone or <laughs> what was your name again or anything like <laughs> that you have to be very subtle and, and there are certain shops where you might be served by multiple people and you've got to remember all of their names and that can be a bit difficult when you're new to it but when you get into it it is a lot easier than it sounds. And they'll. before you apply for the job, it will say what they expect from you. So you don't have to do it if it sounds too complicated. You know, pick and choose.
0: So you say you don't do that as often as you used to, but you do do other side hustles. What else is out there for people?
2: So my favourite one. So one that did really well for me was I did dog boarding. I don't do it now because I have a cat. But my daughter really wanted a dog at the time. I didn't want to buy a dog, had no money, all that stuff. And so I would look look after dogs in my home. And again, people think, oh, I can't do that because I have a job and blah, blah, blah. But I always say a lot of people go away for the weekend and a lot of people go away for a wedding, for example, because if you think about it, if you go to a wedding, you're usually there with all your friends and family who would usually be able to look after the dog for you. So a lot of the time it's just a day or a weekend and that I think is my most fun side hustle because I love dogs. And I used to do cat sitting as well and that's really easy because you can just, they generally just want you to pop in and feed the cat. They might want you to do other stuff like clean the litter tray, but a lot of cats go outside. You might want to give, get you to give them medication. But again, that's all listed. But that's, I think cat sitting is something I always recommend because it's so easy. And like I said, people go away all the time this needs someone to pop in and look after their cat. Uh I've done match betting, um, freelance writing, blogging, obviously. Well, so I've done surveys, market research. Market research is one that I talk about a lot recently because I just think it's a really good hourly rate because you can get paid quite a lot of money um just for answering questions, really.
0: So what do you have to watch out for? Because I would imagine that, you know, as you say, you've got to be careful when you're looking at mystery shopping, which sites to look at. But I bet there's a lot of fraud out there, a lot of ways that you can be taken for a ride.
2: Yeah, and I think that was my problem when I first started, because like I said, no one was doing it. So I really was kind of winging it. I was like, oh, my gosh, is this a scam? I had no idea what to look for. I think the best thing to do personally is to go off what people you trust recommend. Also, your friends might be doing it, might just not be talking about it. But there's people like me, I'm happy to share all the websites and things that I use. And I only talk about the ones that I've personally tested out. And there are loads of other people that do the same thing. So I think it's just all about probably finding someone you trust. When you're Googling it, you can obviously do a check on the company as well. But yeah, if someone can say, oh, I've used them loads and they're a legit company and they're fine, then that's generally what I would go with myself.
0: And do you think more people are talking about money now, talking about side hustles, talking to their friends about tips? Because it has been an awful year for a lot of people in terms of you know dealing with the cost of living.
2: Yeah, I think everyone's a bit more open to talking about money now, especially Since the pandemic, I think that really showed people that we need emergency savings. We need to be looking at what we're doing. And obviously, with everything that's going on now, like the interest rates increasing and stuff, people's bills are just doubling, you know, skyrocketing. And that's where we just everyone seems more happy to talk about it. But at the same time, everyone is very stressed about it all. And obviously earning extra money doesn't fix the whole problem entirely. But Obviously, for me, that's just something I feel I can help with and budgeting and stuff. I can't go into all the, I can't go to the prime minister at the moment and tell him that he's doing everything wrong or anything like that. You know, so what I can provide is earning extra money tips, budgeting and anything anyone wants help with. But yeah, I definitely think people are more open at the moment and are willing to talk to their friends, which is nice.
0: So apart from fraud, is there anything else that people need to think about when they're looking to do side hustles? Are there tax implications? What what else do they need to think about?
2: Yeah, I think tax is probably the main concern that people come to me with if I'm ever suggesting side hustles and things. There's obviously the personal allowance and the certain amount that you have to earn before you have to pay tax. But I think I don't want people to use that as a reason to not do it because I never have but obviously you don't have to do what I'm doing but obviously what you want is for it to grow and grow and grow and you to be earning a lot more money so the best thing to do is just go on the government website and have a look at what they recommend obviously it's personal for everyone because we're all earning different amounts of money so obviously if you're earning 500 pound a month if you're earning 3,000 pound a month your tax implications are going to be very different and that might be worth talking to an accountant it obviously if you have a lot of stuff on the go.
0: You hear from a lot of people via your blog via your Instagram account what what are they talking to you about at the moment? Um, A lot of debt
2: I would say people coming to me with debt questions Um, I was on TV recently and everyone I think that found me from there asked me about debt they a lot of debt Um, you know like six-figure debt Uh, and stuff like that so yeah I think mainly it is debt at the moment people do want help with earning extra money and budgeting and investing and stuff like that but I have noticed a big uptick in questions about debt
0: and you've dealt with debt you've put that in your rear view mirror how hard was that for you to deal with it to to look at it head on and say right I've got an issue I need to solve this
2: I think for me when I was getting into debt I knew that I would have to pay it off straight away I was only getting in debt because I didn't have the money if that makes sense like obviously that sounds silly because everyone does that but (laughs) what I mean is there were things I needed to pay for and the money wasn't there that's why I had the debt so I knew it had to go and but I wasn't sure at the time how to do it and then that's when the extra money making came into it but yeah it was really difficult and I think a lot of people, especially people who perhaps haven't been in debt and through no fault of their own, okay. perhaps don't understand the mental struggle of it all. And I get it because when you're in that place, it's it's so depressing. It really is. And it's just so hard to add another layer to everything that you're already dealing with. Like you're already stressed, you're already in your little bubble. Adding something else extra, even if it's positive, is such a hard thing to do. And I always say that When it comes to managing your money, I don't actually think that the money is the first thing you necessarily need to start on because I think you need to make sure you have a good night's sleep. You need to be getting outside. You need to be moving your body if you can and eating well because, you know, if you stay up all night, how switched on is your brain going to be in order to sit down and do your budget? You know, you're just not going to be ready. So there's other things I would say to have in place first.
0: So it's very much a holistic view that you take when you're talking to people that get in touch
2: yeah definitely I'm not I'm definitely not all about the money I'm definitely more about like the psychology I think and the lifestyle because it needs to fit in to our lifestyle and the way we spend is based on our emotions so if our emotions aren't in the right place but you know if we're not where we want to be mentally then it's going to be so much harder to work on your finances so For me personally, I totally understand that. And I think people relate to that in my content. You know, I think they can see that, which is nice.
0: Francesca,
1: thank you so much for talking to us. That was Francesca Henry, a.k.a. The Money Fox. Now, dealing with £10,000 in debt is a pretty big confession, but did she have another confession to share with us? Well, we've actually gone with a bit of a
0: twist this time because we've had some great confessions, but it did feel like maybe it was time to change things up a bit. So instead of asking for a confession, I asked Francesca for her money dilemma. And the one that she has is going to resonate with a lot of people.
2: I think our... I can't think of any confessions, I didn't really spend any money in terrible, but I think a dilemma myself and my partner have had has been, do we move to a bigger house for more money, or do we stay in our house and pay off our mortgage quicker? That is personally our biggest dilemma at the moment, and I'm sorry if that's completely different to the topic of what we've been talking about, but that is something that we've been stewing over and also do we pay off a lot of our we're in a really good interest rate with our mortgage so do we throw all of our money at it before the interest
0: rate changes that's about right Yeah, it's incredibly difficult and I think a lot of people are in a very similar situation at the moment when they're thinking about their mortgage and maybe they're thinking about trying to move Mm. up that next rung of the ladder, but then do they overstretch themselves? Is it the right time? it's, It's so complicated and people do want the fairy tale. They want the house of their dreams, but also they still want to be able to live a nice life.
2: Yeah, definitely. And I think where we're looking at it is if the interest rate did double, would we be comfortable? Um, we, we, gosh, I'm not looking forward to when it goes up. We, we were so lucky to lock in such a good deal for so long. But I think it's it next year or the year after that it's going to go and I'm just like, ah! So I totally understand why everyone's panicking who's already increased because that's just such a stressful time for everyone.
1: Yes, I think that is probably a dilemma that lots of people will feel and it's so hard to know when the right time to make a purchase like that when you've got a very comfortable lifestyle that you're very happy with. Um, So we definitely want to hear other people's views on this. Um, So get in touch with us on social media to tell us what you would do in her situation. That is all for
0: this episode of the podcast. Don't forget to sign up to our newsletter so that you'll be the first to hear all about articles, podcast guests coming your way. And we've also got some great giveaways and sneak peeks as well. You can sign up at ajbellmoneymatters.co.uk.
1: And we do love hearing from you. So follow us on Facebook, Instagram or X. We're at AJBellMoneyMatters on all of those. And our next episode is our Christmas special. We'll be talking
0: festive feasts on a budget and the tricks supermarkets use to get you to spend in
1: store. I'm excited for this one. I'm hosting Christmas for the first time ever and I'm suddenly realising how expensive it is. So I'm very excited (laughs) for these tips to help reduce my bill. So... We hope that you can all join us then. And thanks a lot for listening.
0: Before you go, please remember this podcast is for educational purposes and the views expressed don't necessarily reflect those of AJ Bell. The podcast isn't telling you whether certain investments are suitable or not. And don't forget that the value of investments can change and you can lose money as well as make it. It's also important to remember that tax rules apply and that the way an investment performed in the past may not be the same as how it behaves in the future. If you want help, go see a qualified financial advisor.